That might be one of um, the best arguments against Bitcoin being a Ponzi scheme. Is the right. fact that when right. the, when the price goes down, people, people assume don't you want to sell. sell it for more dollars. We don't want dollars. Yeah. <laughs> dollars are are okay. They're not a shit coin right now, but <laughs> but they usually are, right? Someone can just create those for free. No, they're always a shit coin. Yeah, because they can always be manipulated. Right. Right. Welcome to Bitcoin Corners, where Chris and Colin try to navigate the ever-expanding Bitcoin universe. We will discuss everything from philosophy to the Lightning Network and everything in between. If you don't know already, there are many corners of Bitcoin. So just a heads up, what Chris and I are trying to accomplish here is simple. We want to be a guiding resource to other resources. We are not experts in any of these topics, but we will point you towards the highest quality content we come across in the last week. We will also condense the episodes into a Twitter thread and post it with the episode every week. With that being said, let's get on to episode number one. All right. So did, did you want to start or? I'm trying to I'm trying I, to kind of go back to like yeah. a place where. Well, let, let, let me start with just this. Um, let's start with. Chris, has Bitcoin died yet? Is it dead yet? Like, I, I got a lot of people talking to me, asking me, "Hey, nice, nice Bitcoin yep. podcast yep. going on." Well, we got a we got a new one going. Mm-hmm. Bear markets are for building, right? Starting podcasts, especially Bitcoin podcasts. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I the problem. I guess one of the issues that I always have during during like. A lower because when the price is going up you naturally want to talk about it and people also talk to you more about it they ask you about it whatever and when the price is low you know I'm still on and and like I so I guess it's like I, I was on Facebook before and I would post like stuff pretty consistently and now I'm just not on Facebook really but I think people think like the price is down, so like oh, oh yeah, he's like yeah, yep. he's like running off like whatever. So I think my last Facebook post was like just to clarify, like <laughs> I'm still like I'm still all in. I'm still Hell stacking yeah. sats. Like if only if only those people on Facebook um, would march their way over to Twitter. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I got I got a few people that I game with, and I I don't think they're active on Twitter, mm-hmm. so they don't they don't see what I'm putting out yeah, there. And, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Bear markets are a whole lot different yep. when, when you got Twitter. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously we know Bitcoin's not dead. And I think um, the, f- the funny thing is it's like every, it's like when you get past that, I don't know, maybe I would say maybe it's, it's the second cycle or at least you go through one cycle and like the price and you're just kind of sitting in an area where you're not, you're not up like let's say you're not up a lot in terms of profit in US dollars or like it's it hasn't turned into like a life changing amount of money for you or um you know it's not a price that you would ever like sell some to like buy something or do something with anyway um like you kind of reach a point where it's like okay like your conviction starts to change and you start to actually learn about all these other things that it's a gut check it's, right right yeah. exactly because it's like okay well if I'm, I'm not holding you get to a point where it's like if i'm only holding this for the price action i mean there isn't anywhere you can go right now to like 
to to make gains anyway right but but just you know for the for the sake of like if bitcoin's not going up in in u.s dollar value um but other things are that's when it's like okay did you do did you do the research do you have the real conviction to understand the purpose of this and why you hold it and i think that there was and again we link all the the stuff that we talk about in the uh twitter thread but uh the one that just dropped like today with jeff booth and preston and i was listening to it for like the last two hours and and like toward the end jeff just talks about like this idea that you know it's like once you see it and once you understand it it's it's just like the price just doesn't matter anymore because you're hopeful for something that is going to literally change the world and change the way that we see the world versus I'm like, I I can buy a Lambo. I can get rich. Like that stuff just like, and especially to someone that sees so much brokenness in the world, seeing the hope and like the truth in this when like we can just, no one can define truth anymore. That's, that's what's like, yeah. Bitcoin can't die. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it can't die. At least not for me. Yeah. No, I mean, it's really run by the plebs for the plebs. You know, right. it's, you run your own node. Who's stopping that? You cannot stop that. Um, and there are tens of thousands of people running their own nodes all over the world. So to even coordinate an effort where, like, you could maybe get rid of most of them, like, it's just not even possible, not feasible, um, not even worth going down that path right um and that's kind of all i gotta say about that but yeah what what you were what you were mentioning with uh jeff booth um on preston's podcast that's called we study billionaires we'll mm-hmm. have it in the in the twitter thread um that that was a great episode jeff booth man he's the man i i don't know what it, i think something about the way that he's able to kind of simplify things to to not make it like like when you listen to some people talk like like I like Jordan Peterson but sometimes when he talks it's like he's so in his own world in his own yeah. like in his own language that like it just it takes so much brain power and energy to like keep up with what he's saying and where he's going which is fine you know like yep. there's a time and place for that but like it's it's I say it's more beneficial when you can break something down and and explain it to the point where like just the average person doesn't need to like really think super hard about it to comprehend what you're trying to get across and And i think he does that there's definitely something to that and it's uh it's like one of those things that i'm sure you've heard in school like whether it's high school or whatever um like the best teachers find a way to simplify things and jeff is that for you know for bitcoin but just for for everything that he talks about like he just goes back to first principles Mm -hmm. completely understands what he's talking about um and has a first first row seat to a lot of these things um running ego death capital yep and seeing a lot of these uh builders in the bitcoin space yep um specifically so yeah um all right so we can we can change course a little bit um i want it so um one we've got 
was this Mastercard is working on basically making big making a is it like a debit card or a credit card with uh, that you can basically spend your crypto and Bitcoin on. So just basically the news is more more adoption from banks, more adoption from the big players, making it easier for the average person to kind of access and whether or not, you know what I mean, how you feel about a bank getting involved, the the best part is anyone can kind of tap into this. So. Yeah, it's building it's building the roads for retail adoption and institutional adoption. Yep. So not only is like, I mean, you can almost argue that institutional do- adoption needs to happen before mainstream retail adoption happens, right? So yep. MasterCard being that that institutional, not investor, but like institutional grade company br- rolling something like this out to just your average person who has something in their pocket um, with their brand yep. on it. Yep. That's huge, especially yeah. when um, when this next bull market happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's really no saying when, but I think everyone kind of agrees that it'll happen when the Fed pivots. Yep. Um, you know, it really all depends on them. Um, surprisingly, um, unless something really bad happens, um, in which case, like Bitcoin's price would would probably be going up, um, because that means that more people have realized that and it's just a right. fire sale. Um, but I, I don't really expect something like that to happen. Um, but yeah, no, like building, building these roads for institutional adopters yeah. and then all of a sudden come next bull market when, when it's just easy access in their back pocket, mm-hmm. you know, all they have to do is flick a switch on their app and now they're getting Bitcoin rewards back. Right. Um, exactly. but did you see something that said they could pay? With their crypto, or is that um, like I, I hate using the word crypto, um, but like I'm assuming that's where Visa and Mastercard are going with it. Yeah, well, no, I need like to. I'm I'm sure they're not just Bitcoin only. No, I think it's it's Bitcoin and crypto. Okay, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I bet I bet people get to choose like what they get back in rewards. I, I could see that being it. I, yep. I'd be surprised if they rolled out like a, like almost like an NFC, like tap signer. Right. You know, just yeah. I'm trying to find the. I'm trying to find the actual post where they, where they talked yeah. about. We'll we'll have it in the Twitter thread. Yeah. Um, regardless, and I, I think it was an article too with mm-hmm. it. So if you're interested to take a deeper dive. Yep. Um, it's it's there in the Twitter thread. So. Yeah. Um, and then we had another post from Joe Burnett, uh, which was just that 66.1% of Bitcoin has not moved in over one year, um, which is an all time high. So just, again, just goes to show that, you know what I mean? Like the price, the price matters to some people, but clearly to a large sector of, of the people that are buying bitcoin they don't care where the price is and obviously one most people aren't selling at the bottom and a lot of people are trying to buy more at the bottom so it only makes sense there are dozens of us <laughs> that's uh that's from a podcast um it's uh 
Just about twelve. It's of with us. Matt O'Dell and, and Marty Bent. Uh, Tales Tales of the Crypt. Um, <laughs> that's that's a phrase phrase from them. There are dozens of us. Um, a lot yeah, of no, there there are uh, there are for sure hundreds of thousands of us. Um, I would be hesitant to say millions. Yeah, that have not. the same conviction. Right. Um, but sooner or later, people are going to realize, and then all of a sudden, they're fighting over the last. 34 percent of the of the bitcoin last 10 bitcoin yeah the last well yeah i mean not really but however many we have left to mine that's what they're yeah no but they're not even fighting over those ones because the people that are mining are are probably not selling either right right that's a good point yeah so there's there's a huge squeeze in the making Mm -hmm. um from both sides yep yeah no that's that's uh that's super bullish um, and it just goes to show, I think I was, I was talking to my dad earlier this week about, um, Stanley Druckenmiller and like back in 2020, he was in this interview and he was talking about Bitcoin that, that topic obviously got brought up. Um, and he, he was saying how throughout the whole bear market, yeah, like some crazy number, like 60, 70% of people just held on to their coins. Yep. Um, and he's like, who are these psychopaths? <laughs> and, and, and he was, he was just so blown away by that. And he was like, if there are people that just, that might be one um, of the best arguments against Bitcoin being a Ponzi scheme is the right, fact that when, right. when the price goes down, people, people assume don't you want to sell. sell it for more dollars. We don't want dollars. Yeah. <laughs> dollars are, sh- are okay. They're not a shit coin right now, but, <laughs> but they usually are right. Someone can just create those for free. No, they're always a shit coin. Yeah they can always be manipulated right right i mean he's one of the greatest investors of all time that might be one of Um, the best arguments against bitcoin being a ponzi scheme is the fact that when when the price goes down people people don't want to sell sell it for more dollars we don't want dollars (laughs) dollars are are okay they're not a shit coin right now but (laughs) but they usually are right someone can just create those for free no they're always a shit coin yeah because they can always be manipulated. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I guess I've never thought about, like, like in a Ponzi scheme, right? And that's still, like, somehow Bitcoin still gets that label. Like, when the price Crazy. goes up and people start to sell and then the price starts to drop, everyone just starts to dump. And, like, as far as I'm aware, there isn't a Ponzi that has, like, a floor where, like, a huge portion of right. people are, like... I'm not selling and I'm buying. Ponzi's go up, 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 and then one down. Right. They just go down once. Yep. They don't. They don't go back up. They they only go up once yep. and then down again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Maybe um, someone can pull up an example of where I'm wrong. But. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would love to see it. But Ponzi's don't have cycles. <laughs> um, okay. So the next thing I want to bring up, um, it's from. Uh, one of Bitcoin's favorite bears, um, his name is Bennett Tomlin. Um, this will also be in the Twitter thread, but he, uh, he basically just posted a a screenshot of Bitcoin's price action last week. Um, and it dipped down to like 18,500. Um, and he, he just said, how's everyone's favorite inflation hedge doing this morning? So I just want to, I want to put that question on you. Why is Bitcoin not necessarily an inflation hedge and what is it a hedge against? Is it 
is it monetary debasement or is it more of like when uh when uh inflation is happening um yeah i think i don't know in my opinion i i would say like def- to define a inflation hedge properly or at least in my mind an inflation hedge is going to be something that kind of stays on course with with inflation so it's i don't know that's hard it's like if if you assume that inflation is correlated to money printing then you assume that an inflation hedge is correlated to yes the amount of money in in supply but the problem with that is there's you know how many years of like monetary debasement and we see like whatever uh a two percent three percent inflation delay, rate right. and then you know what i mean so yeah so i guess like i mean i don't see how anyone can argue that it's not an inflation hedge if you look at what bitcoin has done over the last you know since its inception versus inflation obviously versus it's, M2 it's crushing supply. yeah M2 yeah money exactly supply. you know the total yep. amount of money out there in the world like how is bitcoin appreciated mm-hmm. but know? again i don't think like it doesn't really matter if if someone especially someone like that realizes it i'd rather he doesn't because it's like okay we know we know the fixed supply we know where this is going we know that the fed is going to reverse we know they're going to print a hell of a lot of money because they have to yeah because they have no choice or the world's going to fall apart you know what i mean like there's there's it's a it's a credit system and the the more people understand that um, the more the, fa- I would say the faster we transition to this mm-hmm. other system, right. In a credit system, our money, our dollars that we have our credit, especially yep. the electronic ones, the cash, I wouldn't necessarily say it's credit, um, just with the way it works. Um, but like anytime it's in the bank, the bank is crediting your account that many dollars and then they're loaning out, um, other dollars. You know, like it's, it's just, uh, it's built on credit. Mm -hmm. We need to create more dollars to keep this system upright. Um, otherwise it's just going to come crashing down. Um, yeah. So, so I think that the, like, again, I I mean, to me, it's just like this guy can post whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. It makes no difference because we know that when, when the fed reverses and when things, continue to basically inflate away in dollar terms that bitcoin is going to continue to you know take a take a larger part of the of the market cap of basically everything of the entire monetary system and it's going to continue to do that and it doesn't you know it's it's just like i don't need i don't need to prove you right or prove you wrong or you know make any points to try to to try to disprove your theories because they're just i don't know i don't know to me it just doesn't it's not it's not even like a reasonable argument to to make to look at something in the short term like that and say how's your inflation hedge when everything else is every other asset falling in the same time frame like we're not even we're not even what is the inflation hedge five years like we're talking about the last yeah in this picture it's the last 24 hours you know how's how's everyone's favorite inflation hedge doing in the last 24 hours you got me like you got us sorry um 
Yeah, do you, do you have something next? Um, yeah, so I just wanted to touch on the... So Dylan LeClaire posted that... Um, and I, th- I saw some other people post this too, but it was the 50, 52% of Ethereum blocks post-merge have been compliant with o- OFAC censorship. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to completely understand exactly how this works, but my understanding is that... Um, Oh, I don't. I don't even know what OFAC stands for. It's like the Office of Foreign Assets Control or something. Okay. Yeah. But basically, that you know, post merge, more than half of the, uh, what would it, what would you say? More than half of the blocks. Yeah. Have been compliant with this, and which basically means you know over time it's going to end up being more and more and this was known yeah right so i mean basically basically what chris is getting at here is eth is govcoin it's fedcoin it's compliant coin Mm -hmm. it's going with what these um monopolist rulers are dictating they're saying hey you can't transact with these addresses because they're on our list. Yep. Um, and you know, that might, that might be okay. Um, like in the long run, like you don't necessarily want to finance terrorists. I don't think anyone necessarily wants to do that. But the fact that there's like a central authority saying who you can and cannot do Mm -hmm. it, do it with, um, that that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's, it's not like you're financing them. It's just like allowing them the free ability to move money around. Yeah. And, it's not even about that. It's about like you and me being able to move our funds freely or protect right, our privacy right. if we want to. If we want to coin join, well, it's just so um, subjective too. It's it like is, how do you define how do you define a terrorist? And then a yeah, when it's a central authority, it's like yep. you can't. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. Mm-hmm. Like from a from a freedom standpoint. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we know Ethereum is. I, I don't know exactly how centralized we would state that it is um, in comparison to Bitcoin, but we know that, you know, there are a select number of devs and a select number of people that have been able to completely change the, the network and the structure of everything over the last yeah. five, six years, which I think makes it as, you know, as centralized as it needs to be to not work. Right, right. So when you're when you're talking about um, the ultimate freedom, um, you're talking about like your network being for your enemies. Um, so what I mean by that is like you cannot stop someone from being a part of the network. Um, you cannot stop someone from playing the same game as you. Yep. So in Ethereum, you you can now. Right. Um, and that's a huge problem, especially the whole ethos or one of the, one of the many ethoses of, and I'm, I'm going to use the word I hate of crypto. Cause it's, it's, uh, kind of the common narrative is like decentralization and like freedom go up. Well, ETH coin is out of here. Yep. They just, they just fucked up. Um, so now it's, now it's Bitcoin and everything else the same as it always has been. But now it's just even more obvious in my eyes. Um, I just wanna I just wanna state something. 
um, that Odell tweeted last week, it kind of goes hand in hand with this, but he says, you cannot be free without privacy. The ability to selectively reveal, reveal yourself to the world. Um, you cannot be wealthy without freedom. The ability to save and spend without permission. No privacy, no freedom, no freedom, no wealth. So stay humble and stack sats. Um, no one can shut off the Bitcoin network um, and freedom go up. Love it. <laughs>